morning. Episode one of Talking Business with Boss Brain. You, your mic's not on. My mic's not on. <laughs> awesome. No, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Good morning. First episode of Talking Business with Boss Brain. Today I'm here without my offside of my lovely wife, April. Um, but that's all right. Kai on the tech side of things and going on guys. <laughs> um, so this this podcast is obviously we're just going to be talking about business. Business can be directly related to small business, it can be the bigger landscape of what's going on in the business world. Or it could also be what's going on in people's personal lives, which affect, you know, spending and stuff that then obviously affects businesses. So it's not just about um, talking about your business specifically or the internal strategies around business, like as an owner. We want to talk about a wide range of topics. Um, I plan on bringing in guests of people that I, you know, respect in the industry and that I think can provide good commentary and, you know, helpful topics that are going to help you with your business. Today, we really wanted to speak about COVID-19 and how that's affected business. And I think we can all accept that, especially, you know, in Victoria and, and New South Wales, probably not so much the rest of Australia, um, how, how much it's affected us. And, you know, I was talking to one of my team members, Carly, this morning, just about the mental state of being at home and not being in the groove of coming to be like coming to work, just coming to the office and just sitting at home. And prior to the COVID thing, myself and my wife had been to um, Las Vegas. We've gone to the 10X Growth Conference. We'd been to New York to see Gary Vee for three days with a group of other business people. And we were really doing things in the world. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And initially we were all like, we were pushing on and, you know, just making do and, you know, saying, hey, yeah, let's try and pivot. Let's try and do online sessions and let's do this. And that was fine in probably in the first year. And then um, we sold our other business. And then all of a sudden we found ourselves in Victoria back in lockdown, stuck at home. So from there, it was really challenging. We all of a sudden we found ourselves we couldn't integrate with the staff. And while Zoom might be you know, a, a great technology and it's obviously changed the landscape. It's, you know, it has that delay and it doesn't have that energy transfer that we like to have when we're like talking face to face and, you know, not being able to come to the office and see Kai and see Carly and, you know, actually talk about what we're doing in our business and what our clients are doing. It's been really tough. And I think coming back now, coming back to work, it was like I, I'd said to April, I said, I don't know how, like, I'm not as motivated to come to the office as I thought I was going to be. And it wasn't until I got into the office where I was like, oh yeah, I remember this, you know, as opposed to just sitting at home. And I was just speaking to Carla this morning and I said, I, I think it's still lingering in, in the sense, I said to April the other day, I, I feel like the world's still not moving as quick as it was before. I, I feel like it's, 
you know, it's all slowed down, you know, people aren't doing things. But the reality is that's just in my head and that's my perception of the world. There's plenty of people out there that are still doing things, that are still working flat out, that are still making things happen, that are doing that. But in my world, of my little bubble, it's really hard to see out of that. So what I'm doing is trying to start to push myself again to break myself out of that bubble. So I've you know, consciously started to listen to some podcasts that I was listening to before, reconnecting with some of these people that I used to listen to, to get myself thinking bigger again. And I think that's really important for us to break out of our little bubble where we, we internalise our thoughts of what we perceive the world to be doing and to really say, okay, well, hang on, what can I do? If I can't do that, what can I do? So we've still got restrictions, um, different restrictions from state by state. Victoria specifically where we are, it's improving, there's no question but that, but there's definitely still a lingering feeling of, there's a lot of people that still aren't leaving their houses. Um, they, they still feel like the restrictions are in place or maybe they're scared. They might be anxious about, you know, they haven't been out and is there COVID everywhere? I, don't, I still don't want to get sick, I don't want to get COVID. You know, these things are happening and that then affects you know, how business works, how much people are spending down the street. I went to um, Southland Shopping Centre on the weekend and it was packed and it was really busy. And that was a good feeling in the sense that it seems like a lot of people are starting to get out there uh, and do things. I, what was sad, I guess, was there was a few shops in there that have obviously closed. And we see that all the time where shops do close, but there's probably more, more than what you would normally expect. And it's understandable. So I think mentally there's, there's gonna be a longer term effect and something that I'd spoken about a fair bit over the past you know, few months with the, the heavy lockdowns we've had in Victoria, where we're gonna have a long term mental effect of people not getting back into the groove that they, they were doing. Um, but I think for the most part, we're also pretty quick at adapting. And, I, and I, I do believe that while I think once we get through Christmas, if we can get through Christmas and we can move into the new year and we don't go into more lockdowns and stuff in Victoria, um, I do see us going back to what we were doing before. Now, there's a lot of different views around this. Some people think that the world's never going to be the same. People are going to, you know, people aren't going to go back into the city and I don't believe that. I, I do believe that we will go back to what we were doing. I, you know, there's these build back better slogans and all that talk, but I believe that we're just going to go back to what we were doing pre-COVID. Um, I may be wrong, but I do believe that's going to happen. I think it's going to take a while. We still don't have international tourists coming into Australia, which is very significant. I think the the Chinese issue is still a big issue and hopefully it doesn't, you know, escalate. But not having tourists come into our ecosystem of our economy and bringing that money in and, you know, that the tourism, I'm pretty confident, I should have looked this up because I spoke about this last week, I'm pretty confident that it's like the second or third biggest industry in Australia. So not having that in, um, in Australia is going to affect... Things like people had all these Airbnbs and then we've got all those motel rooms in the cities that cater for, obviously, your 
like our Australian population going on holidays, whether it be in the cities, whether it be Queensland, all of that, um, in addition to the international tourists coming in. And when you don't have that, all of a sudden you have way more competition. So it's supply and demand. Business is always about supply and demand. All of a sudden you have a huge supply and not as much demand. So that creates more competition, which brings down price. And the challenge you have in that industry is that then you also have extra COVID restrictions. So you have to have extra expense. There's extra cleaning, there's extra this, there's extra monitoring, there's all of these things. So your costs have gone up, but you, your, your price competitive is probably gonna come down in price because there's so much competition. Now, there's, a, there's, there's gonna be a short-term span where a lot of people just wanna get out and go on holidays because they haven't, haven't gone. So there's gonna be an increased demand initially where people are like, we wanna go, same with airplanes, like the air flights and stuff, they're gonna be expensive initially. And then once we get past that initial cycle of, hey, get out of lockdown and go, I really do think it's gonna drop off again. And that's because we don't have those inbound tourists. And I don't know, like, I predicted that Melbourne city directly would be affected by this for a good four years. Um, I, I think, you know, like the, Physical lockdowns, I predicted two years, but I said then the flow on effect will be four years. And I, I'm still holding to that. I do think it's going to continue on like that. So I, um, I'm probably concerned with business on what it's going to do post our Christmas, when everyone's gone and got their Christmas presents, when everyone's gone to their parties and when everyone's kind of done that post lockdown stuff and then people are going back into their normal routines, what's going to happen then? Like, what are your thoughts on that, Kai? I think there would just be this, um, like, because I suppose because we've, we've been locked out for so long, a lockdown rather, and, you know, people are just so eager to get back out, you know, and I think that will still continue through, like you said, over, you know, the Christmas break and maybe into, like, the early um, school holidays and whatnot. But um, I think it will definitely, like, continue to sort of grow in a sense from compared to what we've had up until maybe Jan. Um, end of Jan sort of as things start to settle and then as I mean obviously like there's still east and there's all these peak times which will continue to happen but I think ultimately um, people will kind of go okay well then like especially those that you know, run these small businesses maybe they're like gotten all excited because they've been able to come out now and start trading again but yep. that will eventually start to um, dissipate especially the, the the other tourism spots that you know typically only really have all year round tourism because of the international travel and once that kind of settles in, that that might never get back to where it was. I think a lot of these bigger places, especially on the peninsula, will really start to um, feel it. I think it will come back. It's just that the question is, is how long? You know, like how long is it before? You know, you do have the, the combination also is, is that we're not traveling overseas. So we don't have, you know, our population isn't going overseas as much as they were. So they're going to travel internally. Um, but what I do feel is that I think we're more likely to travel overseas before we have more inbound tourists. And that's twofold. I think it's just the nature of, of our you know, population, but I think it's also the government policy in the sense that the government policy at the moment is, is that Australians can go and travel, but they're not accepting international tourists. So if you're vaccinated, you can go and travel overseas and you can return, but international tourists still can't come here. So that's going to affect you know, 
the, the money coming into the economy. My, my understanding was, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you, we could still have tours as long as they were vaccinated. No, I'm pretty sure, and look, the rules are changing all the time. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure it's only Australian citizens that are allowed to come and go at the moment. Okay. I don't believe we're allowed to have international tourists. So mm-hmm. you're having a situation where the Australian public are going overseas, you know, like the, the English are going over to the UK to see family that they've got over there. Right. I don't believe the UK's allowed to, citizens are allowed to come to Australia to visit. Okay. That's my understanding at the moment. You know, it may change. Yeah. I guess what, what one insight I'm interested to know, Kai, is friendship group in the 20s. Like, of your friends, like, what's their... Like, are they planning holidays? Are they planning, like, what are they kind of, what's the conversation that's happening in the younger dem- demographic? Um, look, it's, it is really hard to say for me because I, I do only have a very um, select group of friends that I kind of speak yep, to regularly. But even that smaller group? Um, not really. Like, there hasn't been tons of talk. I mean, like, it's definitely all localised. Like, no one's talking about going to Bali or, yeah. you know, going overseas at this stage. Um, obviously, as you're aware, you know, like, you know, we're currently planning a wedding at the moment. We, you know, expect to have lots of people come from overseas. Yep. So that's on our horizon. And, you know, that same year, we're actually going to be flying out earlier on to go see in a, one of our, well, one of Amy's cousins' weddings as well in the UK. So, you know, that's a couple of years down the track. So we're yep. just kind of hoping that things will kind of snap back to sort of what we're used to yep. by then. But in terms of, like, the short term, um, no one that I know seems to really be talking about um you know, international, definitely like in, like within Victoria or maybe branching up to Queensland or yep. something like that, um, whether it be camping or that sort of thing in Victoria. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I do find that, that that's an interesting insight in the sense that camping, caravanning has become, more so that the caravanning side has become so big, but it's the, the grey nomads, you know, the, the older people yeah. um, that have kind of retired and... I feel like a lot of the, the young generations have gone to resorts and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see that play out over the next few years to see whether there is a move back to the more kind of basic holidays because people have kind of been brought back a, a few tier as far as, you know, what they expect and they just want to get outdoors and, you know, draw a bit more of a casual affair rather than the kind of the formal kind of resorts and, you know, staying at Crowns and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I also think too, just to kind of, um, I mean, not to go into this conversation because it can be a conversation in itself, but I think people at my age feel a bit more restricted in terms of what they can and can't do for leisure, um, in terms of like going away. Yeah. Camping, you know, you just, you know, you fill up your car full of booze and some tents and you get some food and like it's a cheap kind of getaway. It's easy. It's easy and you can just drive and you can just be there. Not a lot of planning. Not exactly. Yep. And, you know, and like, I suppose the only real international sort of destination for people of my age, and especially in Australia, is things like Bali and Thailand. Yep. Now, um, without going too deep into that, because I feel like that could be a whole other podcast in itself, you know, like those sorts of tourism places around the world, like, do they even exist anymore? Like, what's, like, like can, <laughs> yeah, can seen, I go to Bali? Like, is there a, anything there for me to do? Like, these guys are yeah. probably, I mean... They like, are inviting us back. I, there was a, I've seen a campaign the other day talking about it, saying, you know, welcome back Australia or whatever. But the question is, it's, it's hesitancy. You know, it's like, do you want to go? Um, and, and so I think we're going to see that. And I think, um, you know, what's, what was important before has come even more important now, and that's, you know, being aligned with your business. I, I, before, 
you know, the internet came out many years ago, but there was a lot of businesses out there that were still kind of making do without being online. And, uh, and I'll give you an example. We're actually just in the middle of purchasing a new caravan park and they don't have online bookings. And for, for myself and April to see that, it's kind of like amazing. It's like, how can you not have online bookings in this day and age? But when you're in that world, you can't believe it, but there's still so many people that aren't actually in the online space and that they still do, you know, trade off word of mouth and, you know, off the phones. And I think what's really important is the younger generation are pretty much living through their phones and in that digital world that they don't want to make phone calls to make an appointment like that. Like you just said you want to go camping, but you probably don't want to call someone. Like if you want to stay in a caravan park, correct me if I'm wrong, you probably just want to book online. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 <laughs> way more convenient. And I think as well, like, you know, I think I've like I'm not too bad at making phone calls. Like I do it all the time as part of work and everything like that. But yeah, like I could definitely vouch for probably, you know, the rest of my generation in the sense that we don't like to make phone calls. Yep. You know, if it can be a text or if it can be, you know, a couple of clicks away, you just throw your credit card in, like that's way more accessible for us, you know. And another thing too, I guess, as well, is that a lot of these decisions are being made like in the middle of the night or, you know, there's like business trading hours, like nine to five, yeah. like Monday to Friday, yeah. like it just doesn't work anymore. Well, that's a really good point. I mean, I just listened to the radio this morning. Um, there's like, you know, it's a bit of a plug for them, but... Um, Cars 24. It's a, it's a new business. It's a second-hand car dealership. Basically, you give can, us a call, guys. Sponsorship be great. <laughs> you can bu- you can buy your cars 24 hours a day yeah. online, and you know they're they're promising all this thing. It's exactly what you said. You know, like people are working in the day, they can't get down to the car. You know, being resorted to weekends, but then they might have kids that they want. You know, being able to browse at nine o'clock at night or whatever, and have a look at what cars are available, but then actually be able to make offers or, you know, that that's that's the world we live in. I think, you know, in real estate, you've got your realestate.com.au and, thing, and Domain and they, these companies who are online, the whole going down to your real estate agent isn't really a thing anymore. Mm. You know, like, yeah, people look at them, but people who are actively looking generally don't go down and look in the window. They jump on online and look. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, you know, this is another good example of, um, businesses that need to shift online is locksmiths. So yeah, it's um, interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I actually ran you through the story, but me and Amy got locked out for almost four hours yesterday because we left the keys again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, it was it was a Sunday afternoon, so fair enough, yep. people aren't working. But yep. like I rang up like maybe fifteen different locksmiths around the area, and like half of them didn't even pick up. Yeah, or it was ve- it was very much a you know. It was a massive process just to get that phone call happening where if there was an online form that I could have just filled in yep. and, and to know that it was secure enough that they were going to rock up on time, mm. that would have like uh, they would have had my business immediately. Or even just a booking request. You know, we've got our, you know, our online calendar booking where people can make an appointment with us online so they don't need to call us. They can, you know, log on to our website. They can make it like book an available time. Um, I spoke to someone about this many, many years ago about hairdressers. I'm particularly bad at making appointments for myself. I I hate ringing up and making appointments for myself. I don't know why, but I just hate doing it. Like I, I, you know, April would attest to it. Like I just don't 
like doing even my doctor's appointments and stuff like i got the covid vaccination i didn't ring them up mm. i did it online there was an online booking thing at the local doctor that i could ring up i could just book and it's this i think it's this confronting situation where you're not pressured when you do it online you're not you're not speaking to someone who wants an answer on the phone like you you've got their availability in front of you and you can kind of look at your calendar and you can go okay yeah i can i reckon i can make that work yeah. um and, you know, even emails, I think, are becoming a bit more redundant on that in the sense of the whole teeing up a time with someone across emails is a nightmare. It's because, the worst. like, you say, hey, um, I, like, w when do you want to meet? Like, we'll meet next Tuesday. Are you available? And then they come back and they say, oh, no, sorry, I'm not available on Tuesday. I'm available on Thursday. Yeah. And you say, oh, no, sorry, I'm not available on Thursday. And it's like eventually you end up getting a time or someone kind of compensates and say, oh, I'll make this work. Yeah. Whereas if you had like your shared calendars or availability where you can both just see the availability, mm. we can say, okay, looks like we've got this time. Now, we do that internally with our teams yeah. where we say, okay, well, these people have got this. But the wider like business-to-business -business communication doesn't happen. So mm. I think they're the type of things that, we really need to get better at online as far as making that transition and that journey a lot smoother and solving you know, those issues. And I think there's still, as I said, there's still people that are not online at all. A lot of hairdressers, for example, aren't aligned and it, it, it baffles me. Like, you know, if I had it, if it was a hairdresser that could book online, I would probably actually go to them just because of that. Yeah. That, that's my feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there's a lot of people that aren't that way. So. I think if you're not online, I think it's really important to find ways to get online. We can help you with that at Boss Brain. You know, we've got Kai here. I'm really good with finding, you know, software and integration that works for your business. Um, I'm big on making sure the systems work together. I don't like standalone systems where that doesn't talk to that or that doesn't talk to that um, because what it does is it creates admin within your work, within your, your job. And none of us started a business to do admin. So unless you've got an admin business, but you're not starting it to do your own admin, you're starting it to do someone else's admin. I'd just like to jump in there, I guess, with I guess those examples you've used are great examples for these industries that have been basically out of business um, you know, for the better part of two years. What I would probably say to that is that a lot of these businesses that have continued to work um, online you know, and have been able to work from home, I think those guys have probably done a pretty good job in terms of moving into online. Um, you know, they've had to really, you know. Yeah, no choice. Um, no one had heard of Zoom prior to COVID. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, they're like, they're one of the biggest, um, you know, softwares that you can grab online now. And I think, um, I think moving into 2022 and beyond, I think the businesses that are now moving back into physical, like working from offices and being in, with people, they need to start taking all of these online best practices and making sure that they're applying them to their regular work, like not going back to, like you were saying about the calendar, you know, we've probably all been living in our calendars um, because that's the only way of managing things because mm. you're not at an office anymore. And, you know, Zoom conferences and having it all integrated, like all of these things are fairly common, I would say, for especially for office workers. Um, yep. But yeah, like trying to make sure that we don't fall back into bad habits of doing everything manually and that sort of thing, like when we get back into the sort of the real world, I suppose, back into office working. I think mm. that's that's a big thing um, 
that yeah people need to consider because you know that, that these tools can be used you know all the time like we use like you know calendly another another plug come on reach out to us guys um <laughs> you know these guys like the software is fantastic and we we you know prescribe it to lots of our customers and yep. i'm constantly getting you know bookings in my calendar um which i didn't even have to think about i didn't even have to consult about it it was just People know that the link's there if they need it and they can book me in and it's all taken care of. Like you said before, going backwards and forwards over email to work at a time sucks. Google Calendar does have a bit of a feature that can kind of help you find a time, but it's difficult when it's not internally because you can't see each other's calendars. Yep. You can only sort of say, hey, look, this works for me and then they can kind of go back and play around with it on their calendar. So. Hey, if anyone knows about a, a bit of software that links that, if we don't, maybe we create it. I, I <laughs> like it's like you know, join the calendars of people. I mean, it, it's a problem, and yeah. you know, ultimately, business is about solving problems. If you're not solving a problem, you're always going to struggle. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think the online tools. It's still bookkeeping is a big part of our business here, and it still amazes me sometimes where. I come across business owners and they're still they're not using you know the online you know packages like Zero or QuickBooks. Um, you know people are still using Myob and it's just such a old piece of software that you know just makes extra steps that people don't need to be doing. Like and it's this. I was speaking to an accountant the other day and they 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 made the comment to me and I I kind of had to hold my breath for a minute. I, I just couldn't believe what they said and they said oh. Do you use zero? And I just, for an accountant in this day and age to not be using zero or QuickBooks or not know how to, and the comment was, yeah, I'm going to have to learn because one of my clients wants to move to zero. I was just like, oh my God, like this, this is crazy. Um, but in my world, it's such a big part. But understanding that there's so many people out there still that are not using these systems and they're not using them because they're like worried about paying the 50 bucks a month. And, and I mean, the 50 bucks a month that relates to, you know, $600 a year and people don't want to pay it. And ultimately, if you can't afford it, I, I say this, you know, when we talk about companies and sole traders and all that, if you can't afford to set up a company, then you probably shouldn't be going into a business. And I think that leads into another you know, conversation that we wanted to have today, and that's kind of being freelancers versus like businesses and how there's, a, there's the topic of you know, moving away from the doom and gloom of small business where so many people say you know, 85% of small business fail in the first three years or five years or whatever the stats are. I don't really care exactly what they are, but that's what people say. The issue is, is starting a business is as simple as registering for an ABN and then you know, technically you've got a business. You could, you could register an ABN and then you could start a Facebook page and you can say, all right, I'm selling glasses and you've got a business. Um, you know, it can be even limit. You've got to buy the glasses. You can even go further that you can say consulting. I'm now consulting on a certain topic. So there's not even any financial What glasses outlay. you should buy? Yeah, like exactly. It's just <laughs> consulting. Like yeah. so, now you're just consulting on a topic. Mm. You don't need any qualification. You don't need anything. You're just like you're saying, "Hey, I know a lot about this topic. Come and chat to me, and you know, we we can help you out." And now you've got a business. Now the reality is, for me personally, I don't really view that as a business. I view that as more of like someone freelancing, 
just creating a job for themselves. But when that business doesn't work and when they shut that down in the first year or 12 months, like two years or whatever, it's classed as a business not succeeding or a business failing. Most of them don't earn more than what they would if they went and got a job. Um, Kai's had a bit of a dabble in, in freelancing. Ultimately, he, he works for us now. I, I, unless you've got a real passion for working unrestricted, working not in a framework, just earning a certain amount of money, being able to work when you want, unless that's the whole driver, um, it's very hard to get any kind of growth or you know, real kind of substance from freelancing. Like, would you agree with that, Kai? Like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, pursuing that, um, you know, that freedom, that lifestyle of being able to sort of determine your own hours and work whenever you want to work. And I think that's why, you know, so many of these other, um, you know, delivery companies, you know, DoorDash is an example. You guys all know that I've been dabbling in that just for a bit of fun. And, you know, like that kind of work for yourself, work on your own you know, clock has been very appealing to so many people because, you know, the, the nine to five model has been kind of ingrained in our society for such a long time. And I look, I think that's got tons of pros and cons regardless. I mean, you know, someone could freelance their entire life and just be happy and content with where they are. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. Even, you know, and some can be quite successful, you know, like some of these guys can, you know, be working as a freelancer or just, you know, providing their service as a, as a, even just as a standard consultant, like business coaches do it all the time. You know, they can make bucket loads of money yep. and be happy with that. It's just, I think, I think when you don't have the support, um, whether it be of a, you know, a company that you work for, you've got that extra security, or if, if you are still the business owner, but not having a team surrounded by you, sometimes it can get, you know, a bit lonely and yeah. it can get, you know, like it's just challenging in terms of finding more work and being able to bounce, bounce ideas. Like there's tons of things out there that try to combat that, you know, things like, you know, co-working spaces and, um, you know, networking sort of groups and meetups and that sort of thing. Um, but down here on the peninsula, especially like it's a really lonely type of business to run um, because a lot of that sort of freelance support just isn't readily available. I know it's, I know it's coming and I know that, you know, things are starting to branch out um, especially sort of where I am at the moment. So I'm living in Frankston. There's a bit more of that stuff kind of happening because it's a little bit closer to the city. Um, but, you know, anywhere further down, like you're kind of sort of just on your own. And I think that's where, you know, if people want to be able to provide a service in a, you know, as a business owner, they should really consider, okay, well, how can I turn this into a business that, um, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy venture capital like you don't have to have tons of money to get started it's just how can you do it in a lean way maybe to get there but i think that conversation needs to happen from the get-go with yourself yeah i think um i talk about being a business owner being as a business owner it can be quite a lonely space um you know it's one of the reasons why i enjoy you know being in business with my wife is because we can talk about the business because you, you can't always talk to your staff about, you know, certain things that happen, or you don't feel comfortable speaking with them, or you don't want to speak to them about certain things in your business, and you don't want to speak to your family about it. So as a freelancer, you really are on your own, you know, and you're not working in a team, you know, you, you know, you just got to talk to your clients. And and the other thing is, is a, for me, I mean, any business is in a competitive space, but it's very in-your-face competitive. I mean, there's these websites out there that, 
you know, just compare everyone. You got the reviews, like it's bang. It's like, this is how much I charge, this is the reviews. Like, it's not just a case of starting and all of a sudden you're gonna have all these clients. Like, it's a, I, I think it's quite a challenging space. And for me, if you're gonna spend that much time into it, like maybe you should be trying to build an actual, like a business, you know, as opposed to just creating an income for yourself. Mm. Um, it's, so, definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely, it can definitely like, pathway into it though like it is a starting point and i think that at some point especially with you know the amount of um you know changes that people are having in their careers you know over time i think that at one point or another you know almost everyone at some point will dabble in some sort of you know freelancing to some capacity whether it be you like you said like an accountant might go out and struggle to find a job after they've got the qualification so then oh okay well bugger it i'll get a couple of clients that are friends and just start that way Um, I think that's going to become a lot more normal, especially now with the whole work from home um, really starting to take off over the last couple of years. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, coming back to what you were saying, you know, um, especially for the online businesses that are, you know, like agencies and like marketing, like, you know, a lot of these ones you don't even need qualifications for, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah right. So like anyone can start and anyone can just get going, but yep. um, yeah. And some businesses are, are only online now. You know, and that's, it, it really has changed the landscape, you know, moving forward in the sense that there's some businesses that are only online, they actually don't have any, you know, even businesses with staff, all the staff work from home, they don't have an office space, it's, you know, there's pros to it in the sense that you don't have rent, and you don't have all these overheads and they, there's some of these businesses are making amazing money. I guess for me, and maybe it's, it's I mean, I'm only 39, but for me, it's a bit of an old school theory, but I think it's relevant. And I think it's been really relevant in the lockdowns and stuff that we've experienced. I believe that human interaction, physical interaction, is really healthy for people. And I think just sitting behind a screen and like, my wife would back me up here if she, if she was here. I'm a very tech person. Like, I like gaming. I like being on software. I like, you know, all of these tech things. I was an avionics technician in the Air Force. I, I'm a very technical person. But having human interaction, the energy transfer that we have of dealing with people by looking at someone in their eyes or, you know, just saying, hey, it's cold in this room or it's warm in that room. That those interactions, for me, um, are so essential to the way we live. Now, people with online businesses can say, "Hey, I get that from my friends," and you know, I get it. But to me, none of the most successful businesses generally are. You know, they're not one-man bands. They're not people that the the ones that have been really su- successful are not the ones that are sitting at home. They're the ones that are getting in collaborative spaces. You know, one of the pieces of software that we use, Canva, all the time, the guys love it. That, that team that I've, I've seen a thing on once, they've done amazing work in their offices. Now, I'm sure, I'm assuming COVID smashed them pretty hard, but they'd be all working from home. You know, they're having things like their own hairdresser in the office and, you know, their own food places. And so everything was there that they needed for the staff, but they were creating a really collaborative space. And you get more ideas and, you know, and you get growth and coming back off this COVID thing, that's what I'm talking about in the sense I'm at home locked down. There's just no growth personally for me. And I think a lot of people are in that same boat. So 
I think there's, you know, I was speaking to a client the other day that said that there's all these people that are home that are just creating products and selling them online and making them at home and they're like minting money was the words that was used. And I said, yeah, that's fine to a certain point that they will, they will be able to do that. But if they have any desire to transition to doing more, they'll have a certain cap of what they can do from home. Soon as they want to go a bit more, they're going to have to transition to going to that bigger business model. And I think from there, if they do that, um, all of a sudden their business model changes and probably not going to be successful. So if you're thinking about starting an online business, just just think about that in the sense I, you know, I like to think that you want to be as collaborative as you can. I think that's where you get growth. That's where you get ideas. I think it's healthy to be talking to people. And I think coming out of COVID, we want to try to do that as much as possible. You know, I've got a, a business relationship at the moment that the other day I was saying, when are we available? And I was thinking about this, that it's like, you know, it's probably an hour and a half drive for me to go. And they're saying, hey, do you want to meet via Zoom or do you want to come and meet us? Now, I'm probably going to go meet them because I believe that a lot of deals and, you know, done when in person as opposed to just on Zoom. Now, not saying we can't do it, but there's for years and years, there's been a lot of business deals and a lot of networking done at, at bars and pubs and networking events and stuff where people are socializing. It just doesn't happen, I feel, as much just online. Let's just hope that uh, COVID can start to settle down a bit and we can get back to that. Oh, look, it's going to come to the point where it's just like, you know, the flu, really. You know, it has to. You know, we can't can't keep living like this. I don't think society will tolerate it too much. And mm. I think all around the world, we're seeing it, it's coming. Um, and we just hope that we don't have another one in the, in the near future. So I think um, that's probably enough talking about, you know, COVID today. And I think moving forward, you've really got to start to think past COVID, think about strategies that are involved in what does your business look like post COVID? Try not to dwell on it too much. I've really focused on just not, you know, I got I got pulled into the trap of watching the news because I needed to know what was going on with the COVID situation, with the changes in rules, really trying to transition back away from not watching the news because I never used to watch the news, going back and focusing on what we're doing and what I can do and to drive our business. And that's why we're doing our podcast today. It's getting back out there. It's talking to people. It's getting back involved, getting the ball rolling. Momentum is a huge thing. You know, they, they talk about the snowball going down the hill or the avalanche. It's momentum. And sometimes you just need to get that ball rolling. And, you know, our first episode's not going to be perfect. Our second's not going to be perfect. Our tenth's not going to be perfect. Probably our hundred's never going to be perfect. But you get the ball rolling and you start mo moving to get momentum. And once you get momentum, it's harder to stop the momentum. It's like a, a big train coming through. If its brakes, you know, stop working, it keeps rolling. It doesn't just stop if you shut the engine off. So just get the ball rolling. Start doing something. If you've been thinking about it, try to get out there and just say, hey, yep, I'm going to go do that. Give us a call if you need some help just to get the ball rolling. You got anything else, Kai? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. Cool. Um, yeah, sounds great. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for anyone that's been on. I'm not sure if we had anyone on the live session. If we did, 
I don't know if there was, is there any comments? Is anyone on there? Uh, no, no comments no, this time. That's all right. I didn't think there would be, but just in case if we needed to answer any questions, I do want to be able to answer questions. We'll, we'll get people to call in down the track. Once we gain a bit of traction and, you know, people can ask about certain strategies. And if I don't know the answer straight off the bat, I always try and find the answer for you. It's one of the things that I love doing. So let's wrap it up there. Have a great day. Have a great week, people. And we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. See you then.